This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. I was going to say, you probably want to. Yeah, we're, we are officially, <laughs> we're officially rolling. We're officially rolling. We're live. Uh, we're live. It's yeah, is it good or bad? Now. Like, because now, because you, you're you, you're Ashley, but you're Cosmic mm-hmm. Dirt, but you're a graphic designer, and you're, you, you help brands just create or identify an yeah. image. You make merch. You're an athlete. Do you call yourself mm-hmm. an athlete? I'm working on that. Yes, I'm an athlete. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to use those words because they matter actually to a lot of people. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like, okay, so I'm constantly meeting people that have heard of Cosmic Dirt and don't, and they know who I am and they don't know that I own it. It happens all the time. And I'm like, how could you possibly have heard of one or the other and not know that I own them. But then that's interesting because it means that my brand is bigger than my existence, which is really cool. And I don't want cosmic dirt to be just about me, but then I literally am the brand. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm growing as an athlete and as an ambassador and as a creative and I just call myself an ideas person. And so that's happening. But then I'm also building an apparel brand, you know, that stands alone from everything else that I'm doing. And I have these conversations all the time with like, you know, for example, I'm planning an event with a local brewery and they're like, well, aren't you sponsored by this other brewery? And I'm like, yeah, but cosmic dirt's not right. What? (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm not the brand and the brand is not me, even though they are, but they're not. They're like, okay (laughs) like i don't know how to no i get that and like you don't it's a weird thing to like talk about because you're not complaining about it but it's a thing that happens like i I meet people who are like oh auto collective i know all those dudes and i'm like i am one of those dudes (laughs) you don't know me yet. (laughs) and you don't know but it's like really funny and they're like talking about you yeah to you or your brand to you. It's not a bad thing. It's just like, how yeah. does, how yeah. do I exist in this yeah. element? Well, and it's like, so, okay. So my hair is not neon yellow anymore, but it has been for the last year. And people just like, you know, associate that with cosmic dirt. But then people who haven't met me don't. And then, you know, I'll meet somebody that it's like, oh my God, you own it. And then my friends are like, how can they not know you're like the only person in action sports that has literally highlighter yellow hair? It should be so obvious. I'm like, I don't know. Was it a conscious decision to switch, like to change the hair? I mean, obviously it was kind of like you didn't wake up one day. It was a different color, but like, were you like, Oh, this is, this is literally part of my brand. I, so I did it like, like a year ago and it was kind of just a, I'm bored, which I have ADHD, if that says anything about all of the things I do with my life. But uh, I just was bored, and I was like, I want something really bold. So I just went for it, and it stuck for, yeah, um, a little over a year. And then recently, I was kind of just thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, I'm ready for something else. Because it was kind of like, if you are the size I am, hyper-visible in, you know, the spaces that I'm in, having you know, highlighter yellow hair. It's like, it was a, it was an experiment in being seen on purpose. If that makes sense. Like as somebody in a bigger body, I like tried to hide for most of my life. And so like the last year of my life, I was like, I'm going to make sure everybody fucking knows I'm here. So just like being as bright and loud as possible. And then recently the reason it's not anymore is I was like, okay, that was a phase <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay now. I don't need like extra reasons for people to look at me like I think I have enough. So <laughs> would you do it again? Like knowing so I, well, I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to dye it pink soon, I think, you know. Okay, Just so you're something. But you're okay with being seen. Oh yeah. But it was just the yellow was like a phase in my life and we said goodbye to that for now. <laughs> Um, the, I mean, we're going to get super deep really fast, but, uh, 
I got a divorce in August of last year. And so the yellow kind of coincided with that kind of emotional time in my life. And I feel like I've moved through that cycle and needed a change. So, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but also congratulations. Cause I don't think yes. people congratulate people enough for divorce. Cause it's not easy. It's not oh. always cool, but there's a reason that they, that, that exists. Yeah. And I yeah. think most of the time it's a good thing. Yeah. I was actually just talking to my aunt this weekend and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, dude, I've never been this happy in my life. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I best decision. Like he's, he's a great human being. Um, we're cordial. We exist in the same spaces, but we just weren't meant to be married and that's how it is. And I'm really glad that we figured that out instead of spending years miserable about it. And just hating um, somebody like that's how I yeah. feel what happens. Not that we'll just talk about this divorce all day, but like, I think people end up staying to get like, stay together for the kids, regardless if you have kids or not, they just stay together. And then they just hate each other no matter yeah. what. Like yeah. they could be like, they could be like, Oh, I made you a ham sandwich. You know, like, why would he, why would he make me a ham sandwich? You're like, what? <laughs> I love ham sandwiches. Like, I mean, I had it with my business partner. I had a business partner for 12 years, cool. like yeah. one of my best friends. And we just like began to just hate each other. We yeah. weren't like in a relationship. We were in a relationship of business, but like, Oh, you are. Yeah. It's the same thing. It was just like, she'd be like, we photographed weddings and she'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh, nice shoes. And I'd be like, why would she say that? Like, and then I was like <laughs> mad at her for like talking, like it's the most bizarre thing that we do as humans is like, yeah. Just, but, well, I was going to say it's a good segue into other aspects of my life because I also had, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, get into all of the semantics here, but I had a business partner when I started cosmic dirt and we also broke up this year and it's just, uh, I'm learning a lot about like, you know, letting things be what they are and moving forward without, you know, resentment and all of that. You kind of, you have to, if you're going to be a creative and try and, you know, push the boundaries of whatever you're in, you got to just, you know, let things happen and roll with it. Yeah. Being human is hard and I don't think yes. we talk about it enough. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. And it's, it's. I don't know. It's really refreshing when you hear people can, I, I've said this a lot on the podcast, but like the whole like winning at life is being able to pivot. Mm -hmm. Like in the Completely. simplest term, like that's just like, if we can all just pivot, you'll, you'll have success in everything you do. Success yeah, being loose, sure. but like this isn't working. Let's pivot. It's uncomfortable for everyone. Even if it's the right decision, it's uncomfortable. Pivot. And then, yeah, in a year, which is like a small blip on a large scale, like remember when I did that for three years and that was stupid and like not like it's it's the simplest thing, but it's just the ability to pivot. And I think as I get older, I'm like getting better at it and like, you know, you get better at letting go and like what you thought things were or could be doesn't mean they won't be. But this isn't the 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 road to that. Well, and you can like what I'm. Yeah, what I'm learning is that you can like have this relationship or partnership or job or whatever big part of your life that means something for a period of time. And then when it's time for it to be done, it can be done. And it was still part of you and it's part of what made you who you are now, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to hold on to it. No, it doesn't so, have to define you. Yeah. And you get to do something new, which is great. Even more so. rad. So I want to yeah. talk, what is cosmic dirt? Because I think it's oh. so much more than, this is like the worst question ever, right? Like, oh, define your brand in 30 seconds. <laughs> but like, it's so much more than just a clothing brand. Yeah. Um, so the shortest answer to that question. I mean, we got time. Well, yeah, but it's still <laughs> long, even if it's short. <laughs> um, I have kind of always been in a bigger body and never really fit into, you know, action sports clothing. Like I was forced out of skiing by pants, not fitting. And I've kind of always had this, like, you know, I was always into action sports. I was a whitewater kayaker. I was a biker. I was all of these things. And 
I just kept hitting the wall of like gear not working for me. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't do that sport anymore. Cool. Uh, so Cosmic Dirt was born out of me wanting to fit into mountain biking and wanting to make things that, you know, fit and were functional to ride in. And then I kind of, I live in Bellingham. And so just, you know, bumping shoulders with professional athletes left and right. It's just my, what my community is. And it started to snowball into meeting, you know, a lot of athletes in other places. And then Cosmic Dirt is just all over the country. And I'm starting to have these conversations with like, you know, trans girls and people of color and realizing that like, we all have this shared experience of feeling like we don't fit in the space we want to be in, which in this case is mountain biking and kind of through that experience got like, you know, educated on what intersectionality is and then realized that I have a brand, I have a platform, people are listening to me. I can start turning the conversation towards everybody belongs, literally everybody all the time. If you want to do the thing, you should get to do the thing. And so that's why like when the brand kind of feels bigger than me, it's because it has turned into like a symbol of like radical inclusivity and like people who don't even ride mountain bikes, you know, they find out kind of a little bit about the brand and they're like, I want to be in that. So I've got like, you know, friends that are trail runners, skiers, all kinds of stuff that are wearing cosmic dirt all over the place just because of the idea that it stands for like, if you want to be here, you belong here, which I think um, skiing, biking, a lot of these like action sports are, well, we know they're so heavily white male dominated spaces and the industry is starting to turn the conversation away from that. But there's always got to be people at the forefront, like pushing the conversation further past what the general, you know, public is talking about. And so I feel like my role is very disruptive. And so Cosmic Dirt has kind of, you know, it's a, it's a t-shirt company right now. I'm working on um, technical, like making pants and shorts. And I want to be a full, you know, clothing brand at some point. That's, you know, kind of like, you know, a much smaller scale, but like Patagonia or something. That's the dream, but it's, like a community and a conversation so much more than it is apparel. So it's become huge. It's really cool. Yeah. It's neat that like the, uh, the apparel is almost second to the community, yeah. but without the apparel, there is no community. Like it's kind of, I right. mean, they work together and like this has to make money to survive and to work. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. like you can't just right. live for free. It doesn't exist, but it's, I wish. <laughs> it's such a, like, I'm 5'11", blonde hair, blue-eyed, white guy. Like, couldn't mm -hmm. be more included in everything. So, like, mm -hmm. when it comes to these conversations and having guests like yourself, like, my goal is always to, like, shut up and listen. Like, that's, that's, awesome. that's what I can do. And, mm -hmm. like, I can learn. And I think when we were talking, I was like, educate me. Like, how do we make mm -hmm. this better? How do we – because, like, in my head – Cause I've, if I want to enter a new sport, I go to the store, I go online, I show up at, trail, at a trailhead. No one fucking looks twice at me yeah. and I go do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not, I'm just like, that's how it works in my life. I think I, I, yeah. I've learned that. Mm -hmm. Um, that took me a while to just know that, that it was that simple for me. And it's not that easy for other people. Cause five years ago, Adam would have been like, We'll just go to the bike shop and buy your shit and spend six grand just like I did and lose, be mad that you bought it and then figure it out. Like, but it's like not an option for everyone, right? No. When I started, when I started riding um, mountain bikes more seriously, I couldn't find a hip pack that fit me. And it, like, I've had conversations with several people that work in product development for companies that make those. And they're like, well, what do you mean they don't fit? And I'm like, I can't believe I'm explaining this to you. The waist strap 
on your stuff doesn't go around me. And they're like, it doesn't. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, it's like, it's a fundamental, like, flaw in, like, the way that the outdoor industry looks at bodies. It's like, oh, you know, a medium. What the fuck is a medium? I don't Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, I've had all of these conversations with people that just, like, don't understand, like, the hurdles that it takes for somebody my size to do a sport. And, like opening opening those conversations with people and just like getting people to understand their like you know privilege in something like mountain biking like you just said you can you know be like i want to try this and go do it and nobody looks at you like i show up somewhere and people are like are you sure you know what you're doing and i'm like yeah dude leave me alone <laughs> and like i feel like i have a level of privilege because i am white and i grew up in the northwest with a you know middle-class family and like grew up with access to those sports so like I understand the spaces in a way that like when I was starting this brand I was comfortable enough around those people to be like well I belong here and you guys can deal with it but there's so many people that need someone to like create that channel for them first and I I, I mean I'm trying to do the same thing like you know I have more privilege than you know, different groups of people. And I'm like, okay, how do I listen to those people and like help them feel more comfortable in the space that they want? Um, it's a constant learning thing. Yeah. I think that's what we as humans kind of stopped doing. We stopped listening and we stopped learning mm -hmm. and like, it's okay. And this is what I've, I've learned so much just having these conversations on the podcast. And the difference is like, I'm it's being recorded. So like, I've sounded stupid. I've sounded dumb. And I like tell my guests that like, I need to learn. Yeah. And now I still don't know everything, but I'm learning. Cause it's, I didn't, again, a couple of years ago, I didn't understand these hurdles. It didn't make sense. And now it makes sense. And then there's something new that I learn, And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And I don't mean it in a rude way, in a, mm -hmm. you just don't know what you don't know. And like, that's, it's been so interesting for me to just have conversations. Having Blake yeah. on was like, educate me, tell yeah. me everything. Cause I don't know. Yeah. And I don't understand, but I don't under, that's, I think I don't understand comes with a bad narrative sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I just don't, I've never been exposed to that. If I, if you've never seen a snake in your life in 37 mm -hmm. years, you never saw a snake. And then a snake walked by and it didn't have legs and it just skirted by. You would be like, but right. It's just, it doesn't mean it's what is that? like that thing doesn't have legs and it just cruises. So like, but that's how my brain thinks. Like it's simple mind. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean I just want to know. I want to learn. I want to be part of this. I want to help people be part of this. And I do think, and I'm going to ask you, I want to say out of all of, our little outdoor sports, we'll say like skiing, mountain biking, mm -hmm. gravel. I think gravel's kind of ahead of the the game right now. They're working on it for sure. Am I like? Um, give me a take here. Um, I'm not well, saying they're there. Friends. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I have a lot of friends that are in the gravel space, and I think that it feels much more inclusive than these other sports because it's more accessible. Okay. Like a, a, you know, how much is a bike that you can ride a gravel ride on a thousand dollars? Maybe. I mean, you can do anything on anything if you want to, right. but like gravel is, you know, at its core, you know, it's significantly less technical than riding mountain bikes. It's, a lower cost, you know, to entry than skiing or mountain biking or like anything. It's really just, you need a bike and you need to go. And so I think bikes have always been, in my opinion, a little bit more, I gotta think about how to frame this before I just start talking into the air. But <laughs> <laughs> I think about like bikes as a form of transportation. They're like a little bit anarchist 
because it's like, no, I'm not going to drive around. I'm in a bike and I'm going to try and do this thing differently than society is telling me that I need to do it. So then you have this um, mindset in cycling of being a little bit like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And then that translated really well into kind of gravel being more inclusive because then there's all of these, you know, super rad people that bike commute or whatever they want. And then they're like, oh, well, I'm going to start doing gravel races because it's literally the same thing that I do all the time. It's just riding around. So that's kind of how I think of it. But yeah, gravel seems to be really getting a hang of it in a way that other spaces aren't. And I don't know what the answer is in terms of how to make mountain biking seem more accessible to people other than how expensive it is. <laughs> I mean, the cost, the barrier to entry is like, I it's insane. It's ridiculous. And I just did a whole rant on this last week. But like, you don't have to have the best stuff to go out. Sure, no. it, it helps. But like, my 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 devil's advocate rebuttal is like the barrier to entry is the same for everyone when it comes to mountain biking. So yes, true. But mountain biking has created this like elite image of what a mountain biker looks like. And if you're not the type of person that is good at being like, eh, forget that. I don't care. I just want to go have fun. Then you see this like, you know, neon Skittle, like $10,000 bike group of dudes running around in the woods, like on Strava and the hole. And you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and so like, I mean, that's not mountain biking's entire image and it's not where it came from at all, but the industry has largely you know, pivoted that direction because that's where they make their money is the people that are buying, you know, the matching kit and the, you know, the super upgraded bike and all of that, all of that stuff. And so as an outsider coming from, you know, maybe you've ridden bikes some and like you're into the townie scene and you've done an alley cat, like that stuff is really easy. And then you come into mountain biking, you're like, Oh, I need all this stuff and I need this attitude and I need to be fast and I need to race and I need to spend all this money in order to like fit in. And that's not the case, but I think marketing dollars in mountain biking are spent on making it look more that way. So. I I agree with you. Um, I like that you described me perfectly for a minute there. I was like, shit. She saw my bike. Uh, hey, I have a really nice bike too, but mine is like yeah. the opposite gimmick. Like I have a really nice bike, and I suck. So it's oh, I, like I'm I'm not good at riding my bike. It's so good. Like people are like, <laughs> like I have a rebel rascal. I have like I don't even know anything fucking about it because I'm that guy. But. <laughs> like those I'm just laughing because it really it doesn't matter no it's a mountain bike and it's fun it's the we best get, we get sucked into it mattering not like, even that even, it matters i just i yeah. am fortunate that i have the opportunity to get really nice things but like i can't put those really yeah. nice things in my gas tank so like everyone listening who's like man he got a deal on his bike like you get paid for your job <laughs> like <laughs> so like there's my rebuttal to that right like because you know what i'm saying it's true they're like oh i yeah. wish i got a pro deal I'm like i wish i got paid like it's just a real thing like you get paid so you pay retail we don't get paid so we get 30 percent off something that's a billion dollars like it's not that cool and you like can't trade like a hat for fuel oh. like it doesn't work i mean that's kind of that's a thing that you know is not talked about as much as there's like you know, professional athletes who are making, you know, a hundred thousand plus dollars a year on brand contracts. Cool. Amazing. Good, good for you. And then there's the rest of us that are in the industry just trying to make it work. Yeah. Just surviving. Oh, I right. would, I would say 70% of the people I talk to on this show, and that would be 95% of them being professional athletes 
70% of them have jobs, other jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like people, the, people, you know, we were talking about Cosmic Dirt being big. Well, people are still surprised that that is most of my income. That's amazing. And it is. And the the creative component has kind of come out of like me being like, well, I'm good at this. So it's kind of like a, you know, an arm of Cosmic Dirt at this point. It's like. I, I do merch, I do graphic design and I do branding and run a business. So I help people do that. It's kind of all the same thing, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a day job. I'm just putting it together. There's I mean, it's, you like, have a 24 hour job. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't stop. <laughs> yeah. It people doesn't... are like, you're like, Ashley, why are you answering emails at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday? And I'm like, well, because no number one, else one is because going i have no chill and number two because i rode whistler all day and i probably should <laughs> but also no one else is going to answer them yeah no if i don't it doesn't happen and that's i mean that's kind of the the fun and also scary thing about owning your entire own everything is you fuck it up it's your problem yeah it's terrible. but also you are successful and you get to look at yourself and be like damn i did that yeah so. it's pretty it's definitely like every hour you put in, you ideally get it back long term. Like it's all going to yeah. you. You're not making, you're not creating something. I mean, you are creating something for everyone else, actually. But most of the time, <laughs> like when you work at wherever, you're creating a dream for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you happen to be creating a dream for yourself while building a community for everyone else. So it's like a, that's a double win. But most of the time, that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, I post a lot of kind of anti-capitalist things on Instagram and I have a couple of friends that are always poking fun at me. They're like, you own a business. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I own a business because I live here and I have to pay to live here. <laughs> but every time I'm going to choose community and the people around me over the profit of my business. And I mean, honestly, like, to a fault sometimes where I'm like, well, this thing matters more than the amount of money in the bank. So I'm going to do that. Um, and you know, does that make me a bad business owner? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) It feels like it some days though. (laughs) I don't think so, but I don't know. How did you, this is, I don't know how to ask this question. How did you become this person? Like, how did you get there? How did you become what confident, art? well, just like confident, badass. Like I'm gonna dye my hair, fucking flirt, <laughs> highlighter yellow, and I want people to look at me, and I belong here. Because that doesn't happen overnight. No. Um. Well, I mentioned it earlier, but I was like skiing a hundred days a year, living in mountain towns. Like it was my entire life for like my early twenties, and then, um there was one season where I literally didn't fit into ski pants anymore. And I was like, well, okay, (laughs) I guess I'm done. And so that kind of spurred this, you know, couple year depressive episode of me just not being outside, not doing any of the things that kind of made me, me. Um, And, you know, that sucked. (laughs) And so I think it was about five years of not doing any of, the outdoor sports that I enjoyed, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try bikes again. So bought a hardtail. The first ride I went on was like two miles. I cried. I was like, I can't do this. I don't know why I'm trying to, you know, fit into this sport that doesn't want me. And then I was like, no, because I can physically ride a bike and I want to be here. So I'm gonna. And then I just, from that day was like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, and then at some point I realized, um, actually, uh, Brooklyn Bell is a good friend of mine and, uh, Becoming Ruby came out and, uh, she and I joke sometimes because, uh, we were kind of unsure of each other's existence for a long time. (laughs) It's kind of just that, like, you know, not, not knowing if somebody is going to get you because you're used to people not getting you. And then once we met and we started talking, we were like, oh my God, we have the same problem. And so (laughs) Becoming Ruby came out and I realized that, you know, here's this person that did not have any role models at all. 
And she was like, well, I guess I have to be my own role model. So I'm going to be a professional athlete and make these companies listen to me and change the industry. And she's done an insane job of that. And so I kind of looked at that and I was like, well, like, like I said earlier, like I'm white and I have a lot more privilege than I think somebody like Brooklyn does. And so I was like, well, I'm hesitant to say that I understand what she's gone through because I don't, but I do know what it's like to be different. And I know that there's probably other people out there like me that are feeling the same way. So if I have this, you know, ability to like do the same thing and kind of try and like be in front of cameras and try and make noise and all of that, I was like, well, I'm going to try. So, you know, started kind of pulling connections and showing up to things like Crankworks and, you know, emailing companies and being like, why don't you make my size? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and so I did some apparel testing and I did all this stuff and I just kept getting, you know, people kept saying yes to me. And that's kind of just landed me where I am now, where I'm like, I don't need, it's wild. I'm like, kind of just kept saying yes and being like, okay, is what I'm doing is somebody else going to see me and be like, oh my God, I can ride mountain bikes too. Then, okay, I'm in. So yeah, I guess long-winded answer. It's, I mean, it's been such a process, but just like realizing that me being in front of a camera and being anxious about it, it doesn't really matter if somebody sees those photos and gets to live their life in the way that they want because they realize that they can. So, yeah. I'm, I love that answer. I mean, it's, I think you nailed it. Like, I don't think it was long winded and I, I just, I did, I followed my rule that I never follow is I just shut up and listen. And it's, um, it's, it's interesting how we, you know, like we're, I, I can, I can't understand what you went through because I'm not you. Yeah. Like I just like I can I can say I get it, but I I don't. Well, like what I what I just said about you know some of these friends that I have, I exactly. don't know what they've gone through, but I know that I know what it feels like to be different. So, okay, yeah, yeah. I I just like that you said it and how you said it because it doesn't always have to be the same. Right. Like it doesn't I don't have to go through the same things that you go through or someone else goes through to have one problems and two, like the the ability to do something about it. Yeah. And I well, think we you uh, you brought up Blake. Um, Blake Hansen is the one that like light bulbed me about intersectionality. It was like the first time we were, you know, around each other for. <clears throat> a couple days for hang dime a couple years ago, which is a, a women's free ride event up here that Hannah Bergman throws. And Blake and I were kind of talking and she was like, well, you get it. And I was like, what do you mean I get it? Like, I'm not talking about. And she's like, well, you understand what it's like to be excluded. I was like, oh yeah. She's like, so you get it. And I was like, what like it's that easy <laughs> it's to be that like simple oh there's this one thing about me that people don't traditionally accept uh doesn't matter what that thing is but a lot of people feel that so if you can just accept them in spite of whatever the thing is boom and then all of a sudden we all just belong here because we all just belong here because we're all humans yep what a concept. Well, the idea of intersectionality is like so fucking simple, but it just sounds. Let me interrupt. Let me set the scene. You just did a 20 mile, 30, 40, 50, 60 mile gravel ride. You get back to your Subaru. You put your hand in that ice cold cooler. You grab yourself a refreshing Sierra Nevada hop splash made with Citra and Amarillo hops. Refreshing, hydrating, zero alcohol and zero calories infused with citron amarillo hops for a refreshing medley 
of peach, mango, and grapefruit. I'm going to say it again. Zero calories, zero alcohol, 100% refreshing. Sierra Nevada Hop Splash. It's available everywhere. Go get it. I want to know what you think of it too. So when you get it, slide me a DM. Let me know what you think. I I love this stuff. Like I crave it. I've actually been on a no soda kick. And this is this has kind of been my my crutch. Non-alcoholic, zero calories, hop infused, Sierra Nevada hop splash. So like I said, I've been doing some gravel rides. And I've been doing my gravel rides with the Rocky Talkies. Rocky Talkies are backcountry radios designed by a small teen from Denver. Their mission is give adventurers the confidence to push their limits in the backcountry, gravel rides, hikes, through improved communication. They're small, lightweight, a built-in ultralight carabiner. They're easy to use. And here's my favorite part. No setup required. You hand it to your buddy. They're ready to use, even when the radios are brand new. Cold resistant, lasts three to five days, even at negative 20. The range is one to five miles. They're designed for communication in any aspect, whether you're crushing your KOM on a hill climb and you let you know your you let your partner know that you are at the top. They've got waterproof hand mics. I'm I mean, we did a photo shoot with them last week. I let I let, I mean, hypothetically I let, but really my friends let me know when they were dropping so we could stay in touch so that I knew when they were dropping, I had a signal and I could get the shot. They transmit the maximum power legally allowed for use without a license. Like we're almost doing illegal stuff here, friends. One to five mountains, one to five miles in the mountains, friends. These things are, they're phenomenal. They're tiny. They fit on your hip. You don't even know they're there. Here's the thing. We're giving you 10% off a pair by going to rockytalkie.com forward slash out of 10. There's a link down below. You can click that but it's rockytalkie.com forward slash out of 10. I'm telling you, communication is key, friends. Back to the episode. And people make it really complicated. It's like, oh, well, it just, but it's like, no, everybody belongs. End yeah. of sentence. Yeah, I I stopped saying this, but I, I'm going to say it because I'm me. But like, <laughs> I don't care. And I mean that in like the most genuine kind heart, like, I don't give a shit about anything. Like, just go play outside. Like, be nice to people and play outside. And everyone should be able to play outside. And everyone should have a fucking t-shirt that fits them. Like, this isn't yeah. This isn't something I should care about. Like, I just genuinely... And, like, someone will chop this up and be like, Adam X doesn't care. But, like, I don't... Like, I just... People need to care less. Like, we always talk about caring and everyone needs to care. like mm-hmm. no just don't fucking care just don't let at like just go do your fucking thing and if you see someone on the trail doing something that you're doing you can say hi or not say hi. just don't care this yeah. this is like yeah. it sounds so stupid but it's like people care so much about shit that doesn't matter yes that like well not doesn't matter that's the wrong term the shit matters but you know what i mean like it's just like they're just they're they're mothers their daughters their sons their brothers their aunt who they're humans like that's all Mm -hmm. it's i just don't understand it and i mean that in like i don't understand how people can spend so much energy against something yes totally that they don't uh, understand yeah I, I was going to say, you know, you're saying somebody's going to chop that up and come at you about <laughs> like, well, you know, you have to care because there's people that don't have the luxury of not caring. Like, I, you know, myself in this sport, I don't have the luxury of not caring. But I still think everybody should just, it doesn't, if, if what I'm doing doesn't affect you, just shut up about it. Because listening to another podcast with some friends the other day and they were talking about, um, all of the just absolute bullshit that's happening around trans rights and drag and everything in this country. And the comment was like, you know, 
everybody should be free to think what they want. And yeah, that means that there should, you know, if you hate drag, sure, have fun, whatever. But just do it in your house and leave other people alone. Like, my opinion is that drag is amazing and everybody should love it, but I'm not going to make you have that opinion, but I just think you should leave everyone that has that opinion to themselves. Stop trying to change people. Stop trying to, you know, say that you shouldn't be who exactly you want to be. Just shut up. Like, let people exist. Yeah, it's that It's that simple. Let people, and that's where I mean, like, those people who are against it, why do you care? What yeah, are you scared exactly. of? What bothers you so much that, like, I, and, like, anyone who, you shouldn't be able to hate or dislike anything you haven't been at. Yeah. Like, straight up. Like, I shouldn't even be able to, like, I'm going to go so extreme. Like, I shouldn't be able to hate the KKK until I go to a meeting, and then I go there and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fucking exactly what I thought. You guys are pieces of shit. Now I'm confirmed. <laughs> like, But, like, these people don't even know. They've never experienced it. Like, go to a drag brunch and tell me you didn't have a fucking smirk on your face. Like, It's the best. Like, it's it just. It is totally the best. Like, you can't, yeah. you don't have to love it. You don't have to, like, I hate brunch in general. Like, that doesn't, and I've been there. I get it. But, like, what are they doing that bothers you so much? What are you so afraid of? I will never understand, and I don't think, I think that's yeah. the question, right? Like, you know, I've, I have I always call them high school friends because those are just, like, the friends you don't always get to choose. It's like, I'm never drinking Bud Light again. And I'm like. Okay. Oh my god, dude. Like, okay. Great. You end up you end up on Dylan Mulvaney's TikTok for 5 minutes and you're like, this is the most adorable, beautiful human being ever. So cute. So great. Like lovely human being and oh, we're not drinking Bud Light because what? Ugh. But it's like <laughs> like but my thing it all goes back to like why do you care? Yeah don't know like it it's sad it's it's really sad it's sad in so many levels because we can't just if i think if we just change like headlines to like human like human shot other humans that's not cool it doesn't matter like it doesn't and we don't have to dive into that like but it's just like why do we right like just do you and don't worry about what anyone else is doing because they're not harming you. Yeah. People just, you know, people just always want to twist that the wrong direction. I just don't understand. I don't. Live and, live and let live. And then somebody's like, well, what about pedophiles? And I'm like, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always the one person in the back that's like, I'm going to come up with this thing that's going to, you know, it's not, your argument doesn't work. Like, yeah. There are bad people. That that yeah. exists, but like, but they're hurting other people in the process of their existence. So that's not anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're going we're going off track. We're going off track. I I'm do, good at that. No, no, that's fine. I love this, um, and it's fun because it's nice to have the conversations. Because I think most people are very. It's a it's an intimidating thing to talk about because, yeah, and I've been there because this isn't a woe is me, but like. I can be offensive because I don't know. And then it's well, what you do totally. after you, it's how you react once you learn, I think is the biggest thing. Or once you've been educated, that's, right. if you choose to die on that hill, that tells you a lot about who you are. If you were like, oh, guess I never thought about it like that. Or I've never mm-hmm. learned that. or And then it like, okay, we can't be afraid to, to learn as humans and like you don't know you don't know and if you haven't been exposed to any of these conversations then how can you know like how Mm -hmm. it's just how you choose to react after being educated is what will define you in the end i think totally i mean like okay so not to dive further into the topic but um been thinking a lot about like internalized like institutionalized racism lately and like 
how there's all of these things that like just are the way it is and then you start like unraveling it and you're like oh my god like i don't even think that like uh, i like made a conscious choice to think that way but like you know being raised in like conservative white oregon there's like all of these things that were like just the way that you think and then you start unlearning them and you're like holy shit i can't believe i ever thought that but like it's not like i like had this like hateful thought in my head it's, it's just, just what you knew it's what you've been right. taught if so, so then so then you like you know spend all of this time trying to like unlearn that and you're constantly having to like reframe the way that you look at things and people and situations because you just didn't know and if you're taking that new information and then no longer contributing to that you know pain for people then that's kind of the point i think yeah it's how you react after like you know high school friends are you know i wasn't perfect i probably said words i shouldn't have said and done like but they're like i remember and i'm like yeah 20 years ago i was a different human and like i would Mm -hmm. fucking hope that like I learned things and didn't say words and didn't say things. Like, that's the point of being yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. Words sure. matter. I think you said it earlier. Like, words matter. So much. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the I'm not the same person that I was a year ago at all. And there's been a lot of learning and under, unlearning that has happened to make me who I am now. It's, I mean, it's it's great. I think that the people that you know, sit around and stay stagnant and don't learn, you know, I feel, you know, a sense of sadness for people that just don't try. Yeah. I don't, I'll never understand it. I'll never, I'll never understand the, the hills that people choose to die on. Right. When it comes to like human rights and like just humans, like I'll like Crocs are the best shoe on the planet. I will die on that hill. But like, that's a fact. Like no one can argue that. But like, like, like that's just like that one's an easy one. But Dude, they're so comfortable. They're so good. They're good for everything. But like some, I just I don't know. I I don't understand it. I never will. The moral of this of this conversation, folks, is just be willing to listen and learn and unlearn. Mm-hmm. Like they can still be your parents and maybe be a little racist cuz that's how they grew up. And like yeah. But like you can educate them, they're still your parents. I get it. Like it's but hopefully that when we are all parents, our kids aren't saying these things. Like we mm-hmm. can I don't know. Well, I was going to I was going to take that conversation and say, you know, that's it's the pivot back to like the outdoor industry. Like the outdoor industry as a whole needs to take the lesson of like being willing to learn listen change adjust <laughs> like stop doing the same damn thing over and over and over again like it boggles my mind that it is the year that it is and there are still companies that aren't making plus sizes like what do why you, do you think it's getting better. Of course it's getting better because there's articles on, you know, in outside magazine talking about how the return on investment in plus size is massive. And all these brands are like, Ooh, dollars, you know, of course it's getting better, but there are still major apparel brands that don't make things that fit me. And I'm like, guys, get it together. Like I, I'm a paid professional athlete. I have friends similar sizes to me that are paid professional athletes. And yet I can't walk into an REI and expect to find something in my size for anything that I'm doing. Um, I have a friend who worked for Columbia for, you know, over a decade who's been talking um, on her Instagram lately about uh, how like, she was just down in California for a work trip and I think they wanted to go sea kayaking and she didn't pack for that. And when you're in a plus size body, you can't just go to REI, buy the stuff you need and go do the thing. It's like, well, 
I didn't bring stuff so I can't go do this activity that all these people are doing and it's like that's so dumb <laughs> like we should be able to be in a major city go to a sporting goods store buy the stuff and do the thing and it's like way past time for that to be the case um and it shouldn't have been i mean capitalism yay but it shouldn't just it shouldn't just be about the dollars that you're missing on people that want to buy stuff it should be about like you know we're a brand that makes stuff for bikes so we want to include everybody that wants to ride a bike in riding bikes but we didn't do that and from like from the beginning of outdoor sports being an industry we didn't do that and so now we're having to like backtrack and fix all those problems and you have brands that are like well we just we need to make sure that it works for us and it it fits our image and if dude <laughs> just do it <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean i don't know it seems as simple as just making it right like i don't i don't well it's it is complicated i will give them that grading for bigger bodies is complicated but it's like there's hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent on other stupid things just no right you have to yeah. you have to make sizes for super skinny bodies like it's this it's got to be the same concept like cuts and finishes like it just has to be for bigger shaped humans mm-hmm well i mean outdoor research is doing it right now they're you know in the process of releasing a bunch of stuff for plus sizes and it's uh it's taken them a long time and they are spending a lot of time and money on it but they're doing a great job in my opinion they're you know making stuff that actually fits and i don't know just i'm just starting to get you know tired of the conversation over and over again like oh you don't make something that fits me great right like that's it's as cool. simple as that yeah. oh how come you don't wear our stuff you don't make anything that fits me okay or getting like i've gotten invited to you know be a model on shoots and then i send them my measurements and they're like oh never mind and i'm like dude yeah, you like, want diversity in your marketing and yet you don't make stuff that fits diverse bodies it starts the way before you take pictures right but well i'm sorry you have to keep having this conversation <laughs> but i mean it's slowly working I'm going to keep talking about it because it is working regardless of how slow. Yeah. I would like to think that in a couple of years, it's going to be a different conversation. I could yeah. be wrong, but like, I would like to think. Well, I mean, it's a different conversation now than it was five years ago. I have ski pants that fit me now. So right. we're, we're working on it. We're getting there. But that doesn't mean that people get to stop yelling. Yeah, we'll never stop yelling. I don't think anyone will ever stop yelling about anything. So no. good or bad, like people are just this is what this is what people do. Yep. Um pool or beach. Pool or beach. Oh my god. I'm gonna say Alpine Lake Beach. Okay. Very specific. Yeah. Fruits or vegetables? Veggies. Text or call. Oh, geez. I'm going to say call. Ooh, that's a rare one. Comedy it's... or horror? Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> Comedy. Ooh. Waffle or pancake? Waffle. Butter pockets. Butter pockets. <laughs> uh, playlists or podcasts? I'm sorry, but playlist. I'm not offended. I wouldn't listen to me talk. Pizza or tacos? Oh, fuck. Damn it. Tacos. If you could cook a meal for someone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you cook? Oh, man. That one's going to take a minute. Hmm. It's, a, it's like a shit-ass question. 
that's like that takes preparation, you know. Well, I always say, say the first. Someone asked me this question, and I said, I, I said Kurt Cobain. That was because that was the first name that came into my brain. So like, mm-hmm. and then I was like, ah, and then I like wanted a better answer. But Kurt Cobain was the name that came into my brain first. And they asked me if I could have a cup of coffee with anybody. Who would it be? And I was like, mm-hmm. I think I'd sit down and have like Kurt Cobain was a. He had some shit going on in his brain. I wanted to have a chat with him. The first thing that came into my mind was Anthony Bourdain because I'd like to think that I could make something that he would appreciate because food is a big part of my life. And I almost, I almost was a chef in, you know, in another life choice. So I don't know what I'd make yet, but I'd love to have the chance to cook for somebody like that. Favorite movie. something really stupid (laughs) trying to decide which one to pick oh probably i love you man is that with paul rudd and uh yeah what's the other guy's name um no it's not jason jason siegel maybe that his name uh just that just it's so dumb but the the friendship and the and the layers of like it's great yeah you don't have to back it up that's fine i i'll take your answer oh it's so good um i do have to ask you about rainbow washing because we brought it up you brought it up in chat give me a little rant on rainbow first educate me on this i think i'm Um, kind of familiar with what it is but like we're recording this a couple days before Pride Month starts. Um, rainbow washing is when June hits and all these brands are like, oh, check out our Instagram. Our logo is rainbow colored. And you're like, God, cool. <laughs> and it kind of, I mean, it's like, you know, everybody wants to be like, oh, we're celebrating Pride. But okay, what are you doing to not just be performative? Um I spend a lot of a lot of time thinking about that in form like in terms of my own brand, which is funny because my brand is like very queer and very inclusive, and that's my whole platform. But yet, I still don't ever want anybody to think that I'm doing anything performative. I'm like, you know, how can I spend my dollars on, you know, things that actually matter, and you know, donate profits to pride or organizations or you know things for trans youth and stuff like that but rainbow washing is just you know we've got this conversation on the news right now about target launching its pride collection and then pulling it because you know people are getting threatened and people are getting angry we were just talking earlier about people who can't let other people live that's like dude target (laughs) put some rainbow colored swimsuits in the front of the store and all these people have lost their fucking minds and so they're like oh never mind never mind we need to for the for the safety of our employees we're gonna pull the collection so they don't get harassed and it's like you 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 were so close how about the people that are getting harassed for just being who they are instead of you know support support like indirectly supporting these people that are like you know you know, being super hateful and going after Target. It's like the Bud Light thing. Yeah, we like, catered to them, but we won't cater. Like, the, the idea of, like, not making a statement against it is making a statement right. in support of it. And so, yeah, there's... I'm, I'm curious to see what happens this year for Pride Month and who kind of comes out and actually, like, has some valuable stuff to add to the conversation and who it just kind of seems like they're like, Oh, we're celebrating this thing with some rainbow candles and a, yeah. <laughs> it is always so interesting. Cause you wonder like, are they actually trying or like, is this a miss? Like a, like, cause people miss like a genuine miss is okay. Mm-hmm. But like, you just want to know, like, did you even, like, did you even try? 
Like, did you call, did you call your one gay friend and ask if that is a good idea? (laughs) Like at least try, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) I'm just going to say, right. We're all thinking it like, like, did you just, did you at least attempt? Hopefully, but it's the, it's the same thing. What I just said about, uh, you know, plus size collections are happening because they're realizing that there's money and all these companies are like, Oh, money and gay shit (laughs) that's not the point dude the point is people feeling safe and like comfortable being themselves in the spaces they want to be in and like i am kind of spending a lot of time right now thinking about like okay my my brand is is a very queer brand so how many things can I possibly pack into the month of June that is like, we are here and this is what we're doing. And it's not like, Oh, I made a, I made a t-shirt with a rainbow on it. It's like, you know, we're having pride rides. We're, you know, doing fundraisers for like the local, you know, youth pride association. We're doing as much stuff as we can. And then I'm just, you know, trying to continue the conversation of like, if you feel like you don't fit in, you fit in with us. And I feel like that was, that's the point of pride is like, you know, making all of these people feel more comfortable being themselves. Well, you know, brands trying to make money. It's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's okay to make money if you're genuine. Like, I think if you do it properly, like, sure, you should make money. I think that's okay. But it's like, are you just doing this to make a buck? Or like, do you genuinely care? Or even if you genuinely don't care, but you're making donations to people that do to create better things, better spaces, better communities, like that's a start. And then like, I just, cause I don't, I mean, I said it before, like we all have to make money to live. So like, I'm okay Mm -hmm. with people making money, but are you just doing it? If your only purpose is to make money, then it's a problem. Well, and it goes so much further than just like, you know, events and, you know, statements. It's like, do you have, you know, does your outdoor brand sponsor trans athletes? And do they actually, you know. Support them. Support them, uh, lift up their voices and like the things that they're asking for do they stand behind you when you know they post something about you and people come for you in the comments do they like actually listen to how their like company culture affects you know queer people or trans people or you know for the sake of the conversation people of color like how do we like just signing an athlete being like look we're inclusive we have a trans girl that rides for us like no if it's not enough. Person, if that person doesn't feel safe and welcome and heard and honestly like elevated by your brand, then you're not doing it well enough. Well, and just like, I mean, it's it's exactly what Target did. Like, you need to, you're going to do it and now you have to do it. They pulled the rug out and now it means nothing. Like, yep. it, 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 like it's, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, actually support the thing that you said you were doing. Yeah. If it, you know, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So like, Mm -hmm. don't just sign an athlete and be like, look it. And then not do anything to support that athlete in any capacity. Right. Yeah. The, you know, if you're, if you're signing an athlete or you're working with somebody, you gotta be willing to work with that person. Not just the idea that you're inclusive because yeah (laughs) it just it's yeah i could just talk about it for hours and hours it's really frustrating well i appreciate you talking about it for an hour because it's it may be frustrating for you but it's educational for people like me yeah i i mean i hope that i hope that like the random nonsense that comes out of my mouth helps (laughs) helps people understand what it's like to be different in whatever capacity because i think you know a lot of people just don't really get it until the right thing is said and then they're like oh and then 
it's just so much easier to understand when somebody frames it the right way for you. So I hope that there's people that I'm framing it right for. No, I appreciate the words. And I think it's just having the conversations. Like, again, I know you're, you may be tired of it, but like, it's, it's helpful to me. I think it's helpful to my audience. I can't speak for them, but like, and it's, to me, it's always having these conversations. So it's makes, hopefully makes other people ask questions. Don't be afraid to maybe sound dumb, you know, don't be yeah. ignorant. Don't be rude, but like, it's just like school. Like you raise your hand if you have a question and you ask the question and now you know the answer and like, not all answers are clear as day, but like, I think you said it. It's just like, these people are just being themselves. That's it. And like, that's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. Like what a fucking trying to be authentically myself. Like what a concept. Like, and then of course there's always assholes. Like there's always bad people that exists. That's a real thing. But like, that is such a, like to the, like the person in the back, like what about pedophiles? They're be we're back. I don't know what just happened. We dropped technology. Dang. I was super panicked, but it's back. <laughs> That's never happened. Oh no. It's cause we were talking about pedophiles and the damn government is a bunch of pedophiles and they're shutting us down. The FBI is like, nope. No, don't talk about us <laughs> you again. Those, you see all those memes of like my FBI agent. Oh, I love the internet so much sometimes. It's so, stupid. It's so great. Uh, my last question for you though. Where can people find you? How can they support you? And if there's anybody that supports you that you want to thank, you can do it right here. All right um cosmicdirt.net um that's where you can find all the merch and everything that i have there um i also have my personal website for creative stuff is ashleyduffus.com um and like you know come hang out in bellingham come to some events we're going to be at the northwest tune-up which is a mountain bike and music festival in july i wish i knew the dates off the top of my head but i don't um <laughs> google it that's a super fun event. I'll be at Crankworks Whistler. Um, I'll be at the Sturdy Dirty Enduro. Um, anytime somebody sees me, come talk to me. I love that. Um, it's like more people, the more people I can know that are kind of on the same path and mindset as me. I just love that. So come say hi. Um, and then, yeah, I am really thankful to be supported by some awesome brands like uh wilderness trail bikes and outdoor research and there's more but those two are the ones that really matter a lot to me because they're trying to do things that actually matter so yeah well i want to thank you for telling your story keeping keep having the conversation or keep ha how am i supposed to say that continuing to have the conversation okay. even though when it might not be fun or you might not feel like it so thank you um and thank you for just taking an hour on a tuesday to shoot the shit yeah always love that yeah it was great to meet you and talk to you you as well <laughs>